Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. And on this podcast, we explore questions that people have been debating for ages. Questions about music. And life. We're songwriters, musicians, music fans. And in the 25 years we've been friends, we've been practitioners of the unanswerable. But today, we'll delve into a new question, and we'll talk to some smart people. And we'll come up with the answer. Okay, Clint. What's today's question? Today's question is, do you have to suffer for your art? That's the age-old question. Aldous Huxley, English writer and philosopher of the early 20th century, wrote, Can an artist do anything if he's happy? What is art, after all, but a protest against the horrible inclemency of life? The horrible inclemency of life. Whew. Clint, in this episode, we examine whether there's a necessary link between suffering and creativity. The list of artists who've suffered deeply is long. Hemingway, Sylvia Plath, Van Gogh, Kurt Cobain. It's so ingrained in us, we have a name for it. The tortured artist. Does any timeless art emerge from happiness? Apparently, the concept of the tortured artist started with Plato. Speaking of poets, he wrote around 2,500 years ago that madness was a gift of heaven. New research suggests a link on a genetic level between mental disorders and creative genius. Dr. Kari Stephenson studied genetic data for more than 80,000 people in Iceland, looking for genetic variants that increase the risk of bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Stephenson then looked for those variants in a thousand creative people and found those creative people 17% more likely to carry the variants for mental illness than non-creatives. Sigmund Freud suggested that an artist's inspiration came out of an unresolved psychological conflict or childhood trauma, that poetic frenzy, as he called it, came from the subconscious, fundamentally wounded mind. Clint, mm -hmm. you and I are songwriters, a couple of mid-40 white guys, family men, and we're both basically happy guys. So I suspect we'd both say the answer to this question, do you have to suffer for your art, is no. But before we get into our own experiences, let's talk to some other artists. Let's start by talking to a singer-songwriter named Stephen Kellogg. Okay. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I got Clint Bierman on the line, too. Hey, hey Stephen, how's it going? How are you, man? I'm great. If I can, I'll just get straight Let's in. Let's dive in. Let's dive all about it. So I've been a fan of Stephen's since the early 2000s. We've had a chance to co-write on a couple of songs, including one, Stephen, that you put out on a record in 2005. Start the day early. You were 
You are an incredible songwriter. You're a heart on your sleeve performer. You're a TED Talk speaker. And most recently, you're an author with the release of your first book, Objects in the Mirror, Thoughts on a Perfect Life from an Imperfect Person. First of all, congratulations on your book. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for all those nice, nice words. Stephen, do you think you have to suffer for your art? I do think you do a little bit. I, to, to me, I don't know. I mean, you, 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 you make art because you've, you are so compelled. You're utterly compelled to make art. And so you don't have a choice in the matter. It's like, I think that people who kind of, you know, like a little bit of art or whatever, but, but put it down, it's like they, they weren't being called and gnawed at. Like, you've got to do this. You've got to, it's almost like you feel it's just like a bodily function. It has to happen, you know? And that is a little bit of suffering right there because it's not convenient. It's not, you know, often as lucrative as you want it to be. There's all kinds of issues that come with that. And so I'd say you do have to do that. Now, that doesn't mean you need to live a life that is full of more suffering than the average person, but being an artist does cause a fair amount of suffering. So that's a really interesting point that Stephen makes here. It changes the whole way I view this equation. That it's not the suffering that creates the art, but it's the pull to be creative that creates a life of suffering. I, I agree yes and no. This person is drawn to be an artist, and the life of an artist is In- hard. Inherently makes you suffer. You don't make as much money. You are... I agree with that. You are rewarded for being self-obsessed. It's it's a different question. It's a chicken and egg thing in that case. That great art comes out of some sort of suffering, some sort of angst, some sort of frustration, right? And that frustration is the melting pot that creates great art. Is that the greatest art you create in your life? Is that the moment? Is it the suffering that creates the art. Right, or the other way around. I don't know. Let's get back to the call with Stephen. The pretty woman in the place She was back there where the phones used to be So that's interesting. It's not just do you have to suffer, do you have to be in a, in a place of pain and darkness and suffering right. to be creative. You're suggesting... Actually, to be an artist, this has to be the only thing you can do. Yeah, it, ha- it has to, it, it, you know, it, it's calling to you and it's taking up part of your bandwidth. You know when heart's in pain, there's nobody you can blame. I like the art that I've made that resulted from some place of pain uh, more than the other stuff, you know? Because to me, the art, the reason to do it, it's, it's a healing process. So you do this stuff because you're experiencing some emotions, which might be negative or sad or, you know, anger is one I have a lot. This helps me deal with it. It helps me make sense of it, you know, to not feel off kilter. That's because I, do, I get so much of it out through the work, you know. 
I would I would love to know in your songwriting what is your process? Are you a craft guy or an inspiration guy? I, I still love to get inspired and, and and you know and that's where the art and the suffering comes in too. It's like you know it it uh, a line comes to you, words come to you. Um, you know those those moments kind of still occur. But I guess on the craft side of things, you know. There's something neat about knowing that 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 you can just sit down and write a song. You don't need to be inspired. You can sit down and just it's just you know getting your ass in the chair and and writing. So Clint, I love this idea. Get in the chair and write. Don't couldn't, you? Couldn't agree more. Especially as I get older, I feel like that is what the creativity comes down to. I mean, I'm not tortured. You're not tortured. We both have great lives. So where does this art come from in both of us? It comes from sitting down and doing the work. So this is interesting. You asked him, where's the blend between inspiration and craft? Obviously, there's an inspirational period. Obviously, there's a nugget that comes. But sitting down to actually write something is the work. That's the thing. And if I just waited for that inspiration, I don't know. I I think as you get older, the inspiration becomes less and less. Have you already been through all those things? So you're saying, have we had enough life experiences ourselves and witnessing others around us that we can draw on those things as we sit down and work at the craft of songwriting? Incredible art comes from such a place of honesty, right? Can you tell the difference between a song that is honest and not honest? I don't know if you can. I guess that's the true art form in the craft, right? If you, if you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes to write a sad song from somebody else's perspective, is that as powerful as writing a song of heartbreak from your own experience? And is that actually more impressive? of a feat. It's an interesting paradox, right? Of when you're young, you haven't really lived a lot of life and you, you, you can't draw on, but you're so myopic. You can only see three inches in front of you. And so in that sense, you're much more self-absorbed in a way that the inspiration from whatever you're experiencing is that much more intense. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think of my first solo record, Night Opens, I don't even recognize that person anymore. I think I've done much better work. I think the songs I'm writing now are more sophisticated, um, melodically, structurally, lyrically. But I think if someone is going to come up and talk to me about a, a, an album, it's usually that album. I would agree that Night Opens is... Probably my favorite Rich Price album. It's so, like you say, it's so raw. It's so right there in your face that there's something beautiful about it. What's the one, the one in that weird tuning, the uh, From Nothing? Was that on that one? That's on the next one. That's record. on the next one. That's, that's my favorite Rich Price song. Well, that one I wrote that is... when my parents were going through a divorce. So that was, mm, again... Another vote for yes. Another vote for yes. <laughs> Thank you.
Interesting. What now, do you think your best? My best output of all time is in the past two months. Right. I, I, I honestly believe that. And there's an element You're of fi- suffering in this whole pandemic that we're going through. Right. Our lives as musicians have been turned upside down from this event, right? So there right. is an element of suffering, even though my day-to-day is not suffering. I'm so happy, I, you know. But... It's this upside down period in our lives that is creating a, a tremendous output for me personally, as is it creating a tremendous output for you. Yes, I've been incredibly productive as well. Our suffering is going to be different, right? We're 40-year-old white dudes. Our suffering is different. But it's still an inspiration on some level, right? It's therapy for us to write songs, right? right. So we're still trying to get out all this stuff. So let's call Kelly O'Hara. Let's let's call. All right. Hi, Rich. Hey, how you doing? I've got Clint Beerman on the line as well. Hey, Kelly. Oh, hi, Clint. How are you? I'm doing great. Let me first introduce you. Um, if fans of the Grateful Dead uh, are deadheads, I want to know what fans of Kelly O'Hara are called because whatever it is, count me one of those. As a singer and an actress, you've performed for presidents. You've sold out Carnegie Hall. You've sung God Bless America at Yankee Stadium during the World Series. You've been a star of Broadway, of opera. You've been seven times nominated for a Tony, and you won in 2015 for your performance in The King and I, for which you were also nominated for the Olivier Award in the West End. You're also married to Greg Naughton, who's one of my favorite songwriters and happens to be my bandmate and one of my best friends. Now, I say all these things in part because you're far too modest to, but mostly as evidence that you are at the very top of your profession. So, Kelly, do you have to suffer for your art? Okay. Well, it's not a yes or no question. This is an incredibly loaded question because you're asking me in a time in this world, emotionally, politically, atmospherically, everything, where the word suffering has such a different meaning to so many different people. And if you ask me personally, if I have to suffer for anything, I feel like my answer has to be no. Um, however, if you want to say if there's this minutia of suffering that makes you go deeper in your art or makes you at times have more to pull from, yes, I've had pain in my life or losses just like anybody has that you can use, whether you do the method or you're replacing or you're, you're, you're using those tools. 
but I also feel like life in general, the 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 imbalance is a is a form of suffering. Uh, every time I work, it means I'm away from my children, or you know, moving away from the home and the family that I knew in order to work is a form of suffering for me. I miss my parents and my siblings every day. Um, suffering makes beauty. Suffering makes art. Suffering makes emotion. Um, so yes and no, and I love and it. Go- and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that makes you such a special performer, Kelly, is that you sing with such feeling. Some of these roles, the your, your character is going through immense, deep turmoil to be performing eight times a week, going through that that at least superficially the, that deep feeling. Do you have to rely on technique to get you through long runs? It's a great question because I think as young people learning this craft or or trying to like head into it, there is this assumption that the suffering, you know, you might have met a, I might have met a young actress at, at 20 years old who had been through huge amounts of suffering in life. And she walks in with this raw ability to give the most of her emotion. And you're like, wow, that's an amazing actress, right? Well, then you go to eight shows a week for 30 years or whatever it is. And you say, can I possibly live in that accessibility every day of my life and still remain a functioning person? Well, I think the answer is probably no. If you see my suffering through this character, I want to tell you that someday I might be feeling huge amounts of personal conflict in order to make that happen. On a random Tuesday night, I may be using a lot of technique that's born out of that day that I had the suffering and can now re- remember and pull that back up. I'm totally intrigued by this because it's an interesting question of the creation of art and suffering through that. And then the performing of the art is a suffering in and of itself that we haven't even, this is the first time we've discussed this. I also think we as artists sometimes don't live our natural lives with the full emotion because that's why we're artists. We actually put it through our art. Mm. Um, I've been guilty of not, not being as effusive and fully present emotionally in life as I am on stage. That's interesting. And that is very interesting. You know, listening to you, Kelly, I'm, I'm thinking about my own experience that sometimes an emotion can be imprinted upon your psyche somehow related to a particular song. And there's a song that we do in The Sweet Remains that your husband Greg wrote called Dance With Me. We performed that at Greg's uh, mom's memorial service when Greg's mom passed away. This is arguably our, our, our most successful, most popular song. And so I don't know that we've ever played a show where we, we didn't play this song. Every single time that I've, we've sung that song since that memorial service, I get choked up thinking about Pam. Dance with me to this song. Dance now, darling, let your hair run down. Dance with me all night long. Dance now, darling, to this and it's like this emotional imprint that the song now has so that's your recall and that's beautiful but would you call that suffering because for me it's cathartic we've been thinking in terms of the creation the the catharsis that comes from getting an emotion or a thought off your chest but there's also a catharsis in the performance of a song I didn't even write that song, so I didn't, I didn't have the original catharsis. I find a cathartic moment every time we perform it. So, Rich, do you suffer, or are we the luckiest people in the world? 
<laughs> because being artists to me means that we do go inside feeling and emotion the way some people are never asked to. Yes. We go, we go and step into those things that most people avoid. But we actually walk into the fire. But is that suffering or is that is that awesome? We actually walk into the fire. There it is. I love that. Well, Kelly, great. It's such a joy to talk to you as always. Will you please give your husband a hello from us? I will. Thank you. He sends a sends a big kiss back. I can't wait to be in person making music with you guys again someday. Us too. Bye. 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 Let's get back to the call with Stephen. We all make art for different reasons, and maybe I'm making it to try to, you know, heal myself, you know, and hopefully healing others is the byproduct. But it's like we all do this for different reasons. If if you know what those reasons are, you're able to like accept why you're doing what you're doing more. Have you ever looked back at your catalog? Can you find a correlation between your high points, the parts that you are most happy with of your output and seeing what was the catalyst to make those batch of songs there are some of a handful of songs that i bristle when i go back to them because i remember some pain that i was in or some situation that that they were the result of and and maybe that pain is unresolved and that's why you bristle but then there's other ones where you go back through and you say okay i wrote that song and like, I'm not there anymore. My latest single is a song called High Highs, Low Lows. It's about a relationship that kind of collapsed. And and yet when I wrote that song, I really felt like, okay, I've seen it. I've done what I can do. And this is the journey that I'm on. And something about that just felt like and now I can let, it, let go of, of some of the pain that I was carrying prior to having written that. Highs and low lows. Only one way that the river flows Was it comedy or tragedy Both I would suppose As an old And, and the, the beauty of this whole thing of creating art is that other people have a relationship with those songs at specific times in their lives as well. It's therapy for you on one level but then somebody else takes that song and it becomes their own. Yeah, 100%. Man. And that's the gift that we get. I mean, that's such a gift. You know? So here's here's my last question for you, Steven. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned you're 43. I'm 44. Clint, you're 45. 45. Maybe one of the first adjectives I'd use to describe each of us is family men. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think being a dad, being a husband, has tamed your creative spirit animal in any sense? No, I don't. This is this is sort of my my destiny, you know. I, I moved towards this. I didn't know what I was moving towards, but it was like I embraced it, 
and found my muse here. I mean, to the point where I want to write about other things, I just have to work at it a little bit more because so much of my inspiration is sort of generated by this one thing in my life. And, and you know, last night was our was our anniversary and the kids they set up a a table um for us outside and put christmas lights and they served us a a six course meal and i thought life could not get any better than this right here right now this is as good as anything could ever be it's so great to catch up with you anytime you guys i love that you're kicking these big questions around and and that i get to be part of the philosophers club over here man that's good (laughs) stuff love you guys yeah take care thank you Every single day And I can't say I'm immune Though I've been trying To cut through Through all this lust All this love in me Alright, so we've spoken to Stephen Kellogg Mm -hmm. We've spoken to Kelly O'Hara Amazing I have two thoughts First Moments of pain and suffering are ones in which we turn inward. They tend to lead us to a place of self-obsession and self-reflection. Mm-hmm. That state of mind is really fertile for creativity, right? To suffer is to struggle, and it's to be in search of a catharsis. And I think that's what we're talking about here, that art provides catharsis. And... When we're riding high, we don't need a catharsis. The experience itself is providing a release when we're happy. Yeah. Which leads me to my second thought. Suffering produces a certain specificity of thought, born of something particular, a heartbreak, loss, death. And if it's not more intense than happiness or contentment, it's certainly more focused. And that focus helps us tap into the flow of creativity. Suffering makes you slow down and look inward. Mm -hmm. This pandemic has literally slowed down our lives and allowed us the time to be creative. Time. Time. And when you're suffering, you create the time to go through whatever you're going through. And other people also give you that time. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is that you don't have to be sad. It just helps. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think that's, I think that's true. It's not sadness though, right? It's, it's deep emotional turmoil, Deep, deep feeling, deep feeling, deep feeling, but also spending time with that deep feeling, making time for it. Time. Time. All right. So what do you think? Have we come up with the answer? Have we solved this? Do you need to suffer for your art? I think you do. I think on some level, you have to suffer for your art. And this is not the answer that I was prepared to say. (laughs) Because I look at myself and I say, I don't suffer for my art. And yet, if I get real honest with myself, it will trace back to some kernel of frustration or sadness. And I do believe 
that we have solved this, this, this riddle? Well, we've done it again. <laughs> Join us next time as we answer another age-old question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question. Facebook, The Age Old Question. We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments. But let's be kind, people. Yeah. No hating. No hating. Also, if you're digging the podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash theageoldquestion and consider becoming a part of our Age Old Question family. With your support, we'll be able to answer many more age-old questions. Thanks. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits, perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.